Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dante Elefante podcast. I don't know what episode this is, uh, what number, I guess, but this is with Chicano Culture SB. Uh, my buddy Michael Montenegro, I've known him since, oh man, I've known him since junior high, and he is an archivalist of Chicano culture in Santa Barbara, and it was really cool to talk to him. This this podcast happened a few months ago. Uh, you know, things have been crazy. I guess I got a lot of updates. Um, I, I guess every time I come on here, I think I say things have been crazy. And they have been crazy, but they're slowing down now, which is very good. Yeah, so I guess uh, there's a few updates I need to say. Uh, I guess, yeah, one big one is I no longer work at Seymour Duncan, which is uh, a big transition for me. I've been working there for two years. I've kind of mentioned it on the podcast a little bit. Seymour Duncan makes, you know, guitar pickups. It was fun working there, and uh, yeah, it's crazy that I don't work there anymore. And it's, um, uh, yeah, I'm working somewhere else now that will remain a secret. I don't, I don't know. I feel like this next job I'm at, I don't need to be as like front facing as like a, a face, a voice for a company as much as just like helping out, you know, doing doing the work. Um, but I will say, I did get to grab a few things before I left Seymour Duncan. I got me the. Uh, the new Corey Wong's. Now I just need to buy a Strat. Now that's like my whole thing. Now it's like I'm looking for a Strat. If anyone has a connection at Fender, hit me up. Or if uh, you have a Strat that you're looking to sell, hit me up. I am I am very down, man. I'm in the market for a Strat. It doesn't matter. And uh, well, it does matter a little bit. I'm looking for something specific, but I'm also down if something cool comes along. I'm looking for like a white Olympic Olympic white strat with a rosewood fretboard, and uh, yeah, I'll pop in those Cory Wongs. I do love those Cory Wong pickups. Like, uh, they do sound really great. I played them a bunch in his signature Fender, but yeah, I that's that's my next project, and uh, I'm moving into my strat era. It's not your daddy's tone. It's not your daddy's guitar. It's a uh, it's a strat. Yeah. So yeah, things have been good though, man. Like, uh, you know, I was working this other job. And doing Seymour Duncan, so I was doing like two jobs at once, and it was just really stressful. And I was trying to find time to like do everything, and then Nam hit. In April, I went to Nam, and that was insane. And it just pushed all my work back a week, and then I was just like, "Oh!" So I just told my other job, I was like, "Listen, we gotta make a decision here. I can't, I can't keep doing two jobs." It's, I think it's killing me. I was not a joy to be around. Um, and, you know, doing two jobs, uh, I mentioned this on the last podcast, I was able to edit and release. Um, Dante LaFonte did a live album. I kind of mentioned, I kind of started to promote it and then didn't promote it on the podcast very much. But yeah, we did a live album and we did it with the original members of Dante LaFonte and the current members of Dante LaFonte. And that's all being mixed and edited right now as we speak and i'm very excited for everyone to like see that come to life i think it sounds so good so far from what i've heard and from what i've seen it looks really cool too so uh, it's gonna be fun and then you know we'll eventually do a record and and you can buy the live album and you'll be able to watch it on youtube and uh it's just, it's just something to hold off, hold people off until the new music comes. And that is another thing I want to talk about is new music. It is coming. I am uh, working really hard on demos right now and kind of getting the process rolling of um, figuring out what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I finished one demo the other day. 
um, in studio. And then we played three new songs for the live recording. So I'm just going to mix those three new songs and uh, see how that goes. And then we'll take it from there. I don't know what happens after that. But we're getting close. We're moving on. We're getting close. Yeah, so just those big life updates for me, man. Starting a new job, quitting my old job. Uh, live album was huge. A big hurdle for me uh, doing these podcasts has been the editing, and I think I've talked about that a little bit on here. But th- you'll notice. it. Well, maybe you won't notice, but this episode was edited with AI, almost completely with AI. The two camera switching was all done, not by me, uh, which would have taken me like eight hours in the past, but I'm using this thing called Autopod, not a sponsor. None of this is sponsored, but Autopod, um, check it out. If you have a podcast and you're listening and you do multiple camera work, it's separated camera one and camera two based on, you know, encodes the audio and then cuts it up just using, you know, voice recognition technology. And, uh, it, it did it in 30 seconds. I couldn't even, I couldn't even film it quick enough. I put, I have a a recording on my phone of how fast it did and I'll, I'll I'll pop it in, uh, into this video, but yeah, it's insane how fast it worked and how quick it worked and how accurate it is. And so, yeah, that's great. Shout out to Autopod, man. Uh, that just saved me a lot of time. And especially as I, as I start ramping up this podcast more, uh, this year and, and got more, I got a lot of episodes coming up and I think I have like 11 episodes recorded and banked. Um, you know, Jenny and I went to tree fort and we did a bunch of interviews in tree fort, Michael Ralt, Joe Hurtler, there's so many people I talk to now. And that was so long ago now because it's it's Memorial Day. It's May 29th. But we did so many interviews in May. And then I did a few in Santa Barbara. And this is one of the ones I did in Santa Barbara uh, before a tree fort. So it's been a little while, but I'm excited that these are finally coming out. And so, yeah, those are kind of my big life updates. Uh, Dante LaFonte is on the road. We are playing at the Belasco Theater with Archer O and Shirley Tempo. What day is that show? We're playing Below at the Belasco, 7 p.m., June 24th, with Makeout Reef, Archer O, and Shirley Temple. Shirley Tempo. And uh, yeah, it's going to be sick. Come on out. Tickets available now. Go to DanteLafonte.com slash tour and get all the tickets you need. Or just go to DanteLafonte.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. And uh, we got a lot of episodes coming up. Uh, I got the day off today. So I think I'm going to edit those today. And I'm going to go watch The Machine. Bird Crusher's The Machine. So that's kind of my Monday. And uh, enjoy. Nice. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, thanks, everyone. You're listening to the uh, Dante LaFonte podcast. I'm here with Chicano Culture SB. Uh, people don't listen to the end of these things, so let's promote everything socials at the top. Yeah, I'm... Well, hi, everyone. My name is Michael Montenegro. I'm here with Enrique, the owner and founder of uh, Dabo Cafe. What year did y'all start? Yeah, 97. 97. And y'all, December. And y'all just turned 25 years? We just did, yes. 20, it's beautiful. 25 years and as a former employee um and someone for the cultura del po cafe is the chicano restaurant of the santa Barbara area it's like walking into a museum it's full of uh, art and decor 
uh, local artists and, uh, and also a, a great venue too. They've had Chicano Batman, La Santa Cecilia, um, Mata Mosca, Dante Elefante years I played back. Here. I played when, here, yeah. When, when I was serving yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. But yeah, delicious food. Recommend the mole enchiladas. Um, and uh, anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I'm just, you know, happy to uh, be here. Glad to have you guys. And uh, este, yeah, it's great. To, uh, I, I really appreciate the acknowledgement. Oh, man. Um, I, I love this place. Like, I first came here in high school with my friend, and uh, his family was obsessed with it. And then I came inside, and I was like, wow, this is like not what I was expecting from, like, you know, like a strip mall in the middle oh, yeah. of <laughs> Patterson. There's so much flavor and culture. As soon as you get in, yeah. it's just, it's awesome. How, how did you end up? in this shopping center um you know well my family has been here since what the late 60s mm-hmm. and uh dad uh, worked a little bit in the agricultural um sector and then he moved on to uh uh working for one of the local seafood processors uh primarily abalone he mm-hmm. processed abalone you know during the 70s you know there was a uh, for a few different companies and then eventually he uh opened up his own processing company and and uh processed abalone here locally he'd buy it off of a uh, off of the uh he'd buy abalone off of the divers who would go to the islands and pluck it off of the rocks and you know sell it and um but eventually uh commercial fishery of abalone uh depleted the number of abalone to the point where the the what was called the fish and game department back then um cut that uh, cut the fishery of abalone indefinitely. So dad, you know, was pretty much left, you know, without business. He tried importing abalone from Baja, but that that didn't, it wasn't as, there's yeah. nothing like a big California red abalone. That's, yeah. It's a big shell, lots of meat. It's, 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 a, it's a, my family's really indebted to, to yeah. the abalone. <laughs> yeah, like for, just for, you know, being able to have the resources to open a restaurant since you know that didn't work out, so that 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 was the beginning of the restaurant. Dad had probably I think he had a taqueria in mind, and you know he wasn't you know too familiar with the business. Neither was I, but um, he uh, he uh, did end up with a heart attack like mm. that first month or two. And I was in college at the time. Uh, I uh, I went to Santa Barbara High School, then I went on to uh, Cal State Northridge where I was studying math, um, which. Uh, by the way, uh, that experience, you know, heavily influenced, you know, the restaurant later on, right. you know, throughout the years. But uh, yeah, that I took over the restaurant uh, way back when, 25 years ago now. And, you know, kind of, I mean, it, it hasn't, I haven't been, done, been doing all the work. I mean, mom, dad, and my brother, Alex, who passed away three years ago, uh, he uh, was heavily involved too. And uh, this is uh, the result, uh, the Polo Cafe as it stands now. 25 years later. Yeah. Wow. And would you say all the art in here uh, was like slowly created over time? It was. Um, I, 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 at, be- at the beginning, we had a lot of imported artwork. Mm. But then uh, we were approached by a few local artists, uh, say Charlie Dorado, Carlos Cuellar. And they wanted, uh, they kind of were interested in having, you know, some of their artwork displayed in here. And I was like, wow what a great idea we could like you know have just local artists and you know i guess word spread and now you know there's probably 24 different artists wow uh 
like I said, mostly some of them start locally and then they move away or you know whatnot. But uh, you know, life has its twists and turns, and people have to move away, especially totally. in this town. How you know expensive right, it right. is to you know, get just, by. It, gentrification. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of many reasons for you know that for people moving away. But you, know, we they do leave the mark. The art, these artists do, and we are happy to still have some of the artwork displayed. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thanks. That's great. Well, what's some of the biggest things you've learned, uh, you know, running a small business in Santa Barbara or in this part of town? Like, this isn't like Santa Barbara. It's not Galita. It's like... <laughs> it's Noleta. It's Noleta. Like, uh, Noleta, yes. The unincorporated area right. between uh, Santa Barbara city limits and Galita city limits, a.k.a. Noleta. Uh Watch Yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a trip because uh, I grew up in the downtown Santa Barbara area and, you know, I haven't spent so many years over here now. Sometimes I feel like a lost touch of uh, uh, with uh, a lot of the things, all that, a lot of the happenings out there at uh, uh, you know, downtown or right, the east right. side area where I grew up. But, uh, you know, throughout the years, we have done what we could, you know, to be involved with, you know, events or cultural events that, you know, be it La Casa La Raza or even Ortega Park nowadays. It's it's uh it's been uh it's been yeah, it's been great. It's been great to be able to do that. It's great. I love it, man. And it's cool because it's like we don't have a lot of places in Santa Barbara that you can throw a show that isn't soho or like anything else like you know a traditional venue like so it's great that this exists for mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know it's it's just amazing for the yeah. arts for the yeah. arts yeah yeah, yeah. And there's no- yeah not just music for the, for both yeah it's amazing so that's one thing i want to point out is that in my travels in like california and just you know researching online checking out different barrios there's always that one restaurant that's very like pro community and like there's you know shows and fundraisers and all that and um yeah there's a lot of mexican restaurants in 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 santa barbara area but there's nothing like del polo cafe so yeah thank you for yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well you know uh, a lot like they said the artists are the ones who uh, (laughs) yeah made did a uh, made a big uh uh impression on you know customers and you know they come back you know that's awesome that's cool Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, no, I, I love it here. I think it's so cool. I, I love what you guys are doing. And like, yeah, like Michael just said, like <clears throat> the separating factor from this and any other Mexican restaurant is the vibe. It's the culture. It's the art. It's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been really, really fun uh, hosting. I lost count of how many bands. Right. But they, they've always been really happy and appreciative to be able to, you know, a lot of these bands. Some of them are from, you know, L.A. or Ventura, but they they uh, appreciate being invited, you know, to come in place to Santa Barbara because, you know, nobody's if it had it not been for us. Nobody would have invited them. Yeah, right. And right. it's kind of, you know, it, it, I, I like it because, you know, this is uh, artists, musical artists who are trying to trying to, uh, you know, just do what they love and, right. you know, share what they love and their creation, you know. And musically and uh it's been great and uh you know we've had a few bands that you know got big along right. the way and you know it's it's been cool just to to see them when they're you know, barely yeah you know, <laughs> coming up yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah like you said la santa celia played here who went on to win like 
a Grammy, which is just insane. Yeah. And Chicano Batman, and the, the list goes on and on. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, heck yeah. Well, check them out on yeah. Facebook, oh. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to list a few of the other bands. You know, if yeah. you ever, you know, some of them are still together and still playing out and about. So, uh, very be careful, which is the Vallenato Cumbia uh, band that's still still active. Cuddy Flam, a band from oh, the yeah? San Fernando Valley. They're so they're so pretty Shout out active. Shout to Cuddy Flam. Uh, what was known back then as uh, the Commons, now known as uh, Topo Magica. Topo Magica. Yeah, they yeah. played. Yeah, those are my buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they did a few those fools. Oh yeah, we should get them back. That's, yeah, that's, tell those fools to okay. come. Let, yeah, I'm gonna hang out with them in uh, Idaho in a few weeks. So oh, right on. in yeah, March, man. so I'll talk to them. Yeah, yeah tell them Enrique. Del Pueblo says what's up. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pay them in Chile, Chile rellenos, all right? Yes, yeah. And they're also connected to my job, Seymour Duncan. They're oh, a Seymour yeah. Duncan oh, yeah. artist. Oh, so really? ma- ma- we could do something like that, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, that's one thing I, I regret regret not um, having some of these musicians come and take a tour of Seymour Duncan right. around the corner. Like, wow, well, that was something, you know. Totally. That we can still do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, now that things are cooling down with uh, COVID, we're, we had like two artist tours today. All so right. it's like, yeah, people can nice, buy. Nice. So y- y'all listening out there, <laughs> you know, people from Texas, from Colorado, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, some other part of the country, you know, this yeah. could be a possible venue when you're touring. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. how do yeah. people book a show here? Just usually, well, it all started. Um, I just heard a story on the radio about how, uh, how, uh, this guy in New York, uh, had a favorite band that you know just didn't uh he didn't see out there as much so mm-hmm. he booked them and at his spot and they played at his spot and you know it, that's kind of i got that's where i kind of got the idea and and uh, in the, the radio story i did say that they they appreciated it mm-hmm. you know they helped them get exposure and you get you know live music so i think that's where i got the idea and you know our first band again was very be careful mm. oh my goodness maybe seven 16, 17 years ago now, I bet. Yeah. Damn. And, you know, throughout the years, a few a few other uh, community members, uh, including Michael here, uh, helped in you know, promoting and booking shows. Uh, I, I had a chapter in my life that I that I organized some uh, music shows. Locally, uh, San, San, Agua, Santa, Agua Santa. Agua Santa, Sin Quince. Um... I booked Mata Mosca, um, just, I think it was here at the Polo Cafe, yeah. And then we had, you know, a few UCSB students, uh, grad students or whatnot, that would come by and they connect and put shows together. Some of them, which included um, uh, Quilombo, Boca Floja, yeah. which is a Mexican rapper. From New York. Uh, yeah. Mexico City. And, uh, or Mexico City, Mexico my City. Uh, este, Las Bomberas del Bahia, which is like a... a uh, musical like percussion singing group from uh, the Bay Area, and uh, who else? Who else was there? We had Midnight Trio. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think they're together anymore. But I do remember when they were playing here. The day after, they were going to go play at a uh, Dodger Stadium nah, well, before the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, were- you know, and also want to point out too, you know, not to get too political on that, but when it comes to social issues and for the for the better of the community, a lot of fundraisers went mm. down here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about fundraisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another local artist, uh, Alas. I'm, I'm not sure if she's still 
active. Yeah. I think our music's still out there. We'll we'll, we'll put a link there. She's and a rap uh, local rapper. She's firme. Alas, and then there's the uh, well, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was one one more. Oh, wait, Aslan Underground. Aslan Underground. Yeah. They've actually played here also. That's awesome. No. Later on, so yeah, well, yeah, we loved we loved our show when we played here. It was great. It was like I think it was KCSB who reached out to us. They had like a label. I guess it might be active still. I don't really know, but I think we were one of the only releases on their label, and uh, it was fun. It was such a cool show to have them, like us involved, and yeah, it was cool. I just remember a few more bands, uh, Mariachi Manchester. Oh yeah, I was at that, that show. That was a really. I was at that show. That was cool. <laughs> that was a really very very packed house show. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, th- we also had a, a Norteño band. Because I had, I had, there was only certain shows that I've seen, like, really packed. That was one of them. And then there was one by a local band. Uh, they're not together anymore. They've gone, all the musicians, musicians have gone and done their own thing. But uh, back then, they were called... Um, uh, R.A. Norteño? Hmm. Now known as uh, Los Anclas. Hmm. But it's a totally different musician. Except for the one, uh, the one vocalist, Ali Manzanar, I think is his name. Anyways, they, yeah, they throw a show here um, February. Was it February? I think it was November. Yeah. Sometime right before the pandemic. And it was a pack house. Oh, wow. No way. Rainy day outside. And I could not let anybody more anybody else in safely. And there must have been like 40 people out there trying to get in. <laughs> so, you know, we are a smaller venue. And, yeah. You know, it, it's a. Uh, it's uh but you know like i kind of like those smaller shows too yeah less, absolutely less was more intimate <laughs> um have you guys thrown a show since the it, it, it's lockdown? been a while oh my goodness I, I don't even remember when the last show was uh I, it's probably the one you put together with agua santa yeah. Aguevo, i think it was called during the fiesta yeah we, we did this uh coming back like a community welcome back to adriana la artista um it was like welcome her back and just like have a, a local um, event, a music event, because that's one thing and like not to like transition to my background, but a big part in years back with like organizing my events was to provide cultural relevant shows. And there wasn't any cultural relevant like shows going down and like going down in downtown. So uh me and some friends and other people were like dude let's organize some like oldies night with like bad bunny or or, or uh reggaeton or whatever uh at uh certain venues in del Polo cafe was uh one of the places so providing cultural relevant music you know Love events it. yeah for la cultura right yeah oh, that's great man yeah Ah, man. So people can reach out to you through Instagram if they want. So, like someone who's, who's who's hearing this right now, they can reach out through Instagram and book a show? It, 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 that's usually how Okay, works, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make it clear just for anyone who's listening, a lot of musicians do listen to this show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great. Uh, what's your favorite dish here? Um, lately, the chipotle enchiladas. They're bomb. Carne asada enchiladas. Yeah. You know, in a chipotle sauce and... Lettuce, pico de gallo, oh, yeah. sour cream, queso fresco. They're, they're really good. That's awesome. Give those a try. <laughs> What's your favorite dish at Del Pop Cafe? I've switched over to the taco bowl salad thing. Oh, wait. Mm. Yeah, because I can, I can vegan it up. Okay. Like, okay. if I don't want to eat dairy that day, 
um i can i can i can make that gotcha. happen yeah but i also love enchiladas um rafael who's you who plays in dante or used to play in dante whatever it is he, he'll always be a part of dante my good friend his uh wedding party was here that was the last time i was here he had his wedding party here and it was really fun just to let that be known, if you are yeah. <laughs> getting married, you can have your uh, wedding party yeah. here yeah. Okay. for private events. The venue. Yeah. We're, we're hyping it up. Possibilities. Yes, yeah. the possibilities are endless here at Del Pueblo Cafe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great, man. So, yeah, so like your uh, love for art and music, like where did that come from? Um, I, th- I think what well, it's a... Uh, I think it started with poetry. It was uh, I was in tenth grade, mm. and uh, and uh, I wasn't really into reading. But my tenth uh, grade teacher, she was a, a first year teacher in English at Santa Barbara High School. It must have been like ninety one or ninety. She introduced us to a poem, and uh, it took me a while to think why would she introduce us to this poem. The poem was uh, I Am Joaquin. Mm. I Am Joaquin is mm-hmm. uh, known as uh, the Chicano epic poem, you know, and uh, and that kind of just blew my mind when I mm. first read. It. I was like, wow! It was a it was a condensed version of it, but it was uh, I was just like blown away, you know. So I uh, kind of you know, started hanging out at La Casa La Raza and, you know, saw the murals there and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like, this is what their, what that poem was about. And it kind of, you know, validated, you know, what I was feeling, you know, growing up as a, you know, second, uh, well, first generation um, uh, Mexican-American, you know, mm-hmm. parents from Guanajuato, both parents from Guanajuato and, you know, I was born here in, in Galita, hmm. 75. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dating, yeah. So yeah, 1975 that here at the Galita. It's funny how, you know, life made a full circle and now. Right, now you're back. Block away from the <laughs> that same hospital. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're throwing a lot of like references and phrases around, uh, I guess for the listeners, like what is Casa de la Raza? What is it to you? And what does it mean to the culture of Sambar? Well, you want me to start it off? Yeah. Well, sure. I'll just say, yeah. you know, that La Casa de la Raza is a, a community institution. It belongs to the people. La Casa de la Raza translates, literally translates, the house of the people. And uh, it's a historical landmark when it comes to the Chicana, Chicana movement here in Santa Barbara. Um, it was a place in downtown uh, Santa Barbara, more close to the east side, where uh, it housed a lot of uh, programs for the Spanish-speaking people, uh, undocumented cultural uh, programs, uh, immigration services, fundraisers, and et cetera. And um, it just turned 50 years uh, last year, I believe. And... Uh, we're just really proud and fortunate to have this this uh, community uh, space, and uh, there was also very historical uh, shows. You know, if you follow 
if you go on Instagram, highly recommend checking out Santa Barbara Babylon. Mm, and that page um, shows nothing but like Santa Barbara music scene from the 80s and like 70s and 90s. And like La Casa Raza was one of the places. I even wrote about it I, I'm, as a writer, a historian writer. I wrote in my piece, um, the seven generations, the seven eras of the East Side. And I gave a shout out to uh, Tovar, of the founder of uh, Golden Voice. Golden Voice got to start here at KCSB and then got to start at La Casa Raza as one of the venues. And now he's internationally known. So, yeah, they book all the shows at the bowl. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like I said, has you know been a place for, for with resources for you know our people, people who can kind of kind of act, have uh, difficulties knowing what resources are out there. So it's a good hub for for that, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, like I said, the show, like he, Mike said, a lot of the shows from the seventies. I mean, you had like tons of bands go through there, Los Lobos, and. Um, Oh, too many names. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, you'd be surprised seriously. how many people played at that venue. Yeah. And uh, yeah, beautiful place. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. Um, check it out. And for folks who are from like the Mission, like I know that you guys have like the Mission District and like a, a cultural community center. And in Los Angeles, there's like Plaza de la, Ra- Plaza de la Raza. There's self help graphics. Um, in Santana, there's uh, El Centro. Well, you know, that's the thing about being Chicano and our different communities and different barrios of the Southwest. There's always these common characteristics. And in Santa Barbara, we have La Casa de la Raza. And when it comes to, you know, a, a restaurant that's for La Cultura, we have Del Pueblo Cafe. Right. Yeah. So that, that kind of, that's how that kind of fits in is that Del Pueblo does carry a lot of that energy that Casa de la Raza has, but brings it up here, up in Galita. Yeah, like yeah a, basically. Like satellite but campus. <laughs> yeah, it adds, like, the food you, you catered a lot of events, man. Yeah, man. Um, that's great. Sandbar Babylon, do you know who runs that account? Um, How they have access to all those old flyers? Okay, like, yeah. There's some shows I'm like, wait, what? what? No. Okay, so Sandbar Babylon, if you're watching this right now, show yourself i have an idea who you are oh i have an idea who you are but i'm gonna remain you anonymous because i respect privacy and uh and but just know uh, next time i see you in town i'm gonna be like santa boat babylon (laughs) really okay all right yeah we'll keep them anonymous yeah 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 i'm gonna keep you anonymous i respect that but thank you for your word thank you (laughs) yeah it's great there's a bunch of stuff i didn't know happened there's like a bunch of flyers from shows that happened at the galita valley community center like all these punk bands that played there like you know henry rollins and Black Flag and all these, you know, all these, all these great bands, and I was just like looking. I was like, that happened here. Misfits <laughs> played the Galita Valley Community, community yeah. Center, like yeah, Tigers yeah. in the City played the Galita Valley Community Center, uh, my high school band, but it was like for a quince. <laughs> we played my cousin's quince. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it counts. It, it counts. counts. It counts. Yeah, yeah. 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 you know, <laughs> Freddie. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, from La Bamba, you know, and that's how he got his start too. He's, he did Amazing. birthdays. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then let's go into a little bit of uh, of you, Michael, and the kind of work that you're doing, and a little bit of backstory behind us. That you know, we went to junior high and in high school together. We've known each other since we were. 11 or 12 yeah. years old before when when puberty was kicking in <laughs> and uh, when they made us run laps oh the my track. god yeah um the track yeah, yeah that track when it just got installed yeah oh yeah let's get started where's my tea though i'm tea? Gonna, do you see my tea I don't let me see just step tea. away real quick All right. Well, yeah, let's go back. Uh, so ha our friendship, me and Dante, we, yeah, we've known each other since the Lum uh, La Cumbre middle school days. When it was still middle school? Yeah, middle school, mm -hmm. meaning that it was sixth, seventh, and eighth. So um, now it's just junior high, seventh, eighth. But yeah, we, we grew up with each other, and uh, Oswaldo was part of the game. Shout out to Oswaldo. And we were just just hanging out and just yeah. being kids and um then you went to we went to high school together for a little bit and then you moved to uh ventura, ventura county yeah i went to ventura county so that's the thing about santa barbara and in, in my experience as my being the founder of like Chicano culture as b and just hearing everyone's stories about like why they love santa barbara is that there's so many people who are from santa barbara and they got pushed out meaning whatever that can mean as in like they sold their house they sold the family a house uh the apartments got too expensive or their family's getting too big you know job promotions moved mm -hmm. to freaking santa maria mm -hmm. oxnard uh arizona you know whatever right. like life happens but right. um i guess what i'm trying to say is um santa barbara is uh, a very special place where uh like the grandchildren talk about Santa Barbara. The grandchildren who are not even from Santa Barbara talk about um, uh, how much their parents and their grandparents love Santa Barbara and how much they love visiting. So um, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about archiving and being pushed out of Santa Barbara. Yeah, okay, oh yeah, so that, okay, so that's my thing. Oh yeah, the pushing out, the gentrification or whatever you would like to call it. Um, my parents got a house in Ventura and it was like, yo, wake up at 7.45 and walk to Buena High School or wake up at 5.30 in the morning and commute to Santa Barbara, which I wasn't alone. I was doing that for a semester and that was that's a very common story where a lot of people work in Santa Barbara as the hub, uh, but they live in like Lompoc, uh, the surrounding cities of Santa Barbara. So I moved out there and Ventura, you know, I, I don't have no regrets. I'm going out there like I, I love Ventura for what it is, uh, my friends, different environment. But, you know, my heart is always here in Santa Barbara. So, uh, yeah, I moved away. Um, I would come back to visit. Um, where'd you go? Well, I would, I would visit like you guys. No, I mean, but where'd you move away to? Uh, I went, I moved to Ventura and after Ventura. Oh, well, from after Ventura, high school happened. And then I moved back to Santa Barbara and that's where I took, 
uh, Chicano studies with Manuel Unzueta, who is like the legend, or we like to call him it, Profe, Profe Unzueta. And uh, he, I took his class and he changed my life. He helped me get rid, uh, get rid of like this fish scales. I even wrote a poem called White Boy Chicano. Um, and from that class moving forward, I was always been for the cultura. And I was just like, dude, our Santa Barbara cultura, our history is so rich and vibrant and unique. And especially when visiting different visiting different communities, aka different barrios. And like I've always had positive experiences, but like I saw their ogrullo of their community, the pride of the community, and I was just like, that's cool. You know, but my community has the same thing too. Mm-hmm. And I and I, and 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 also growing up, it, it was kind of whack. Like it was their art was still cool and the you know, events was cool, still cool, but I didn't really like seeing artists from different communities and like showcase culture, cultura from their communities. And I was like, this isn't proper representation. Like you're showing me your community from like Arizona or or Chicago, like of how it's properly installed, like in the exhibit. Like, yeah, it was cool, but it was just I was still able to appreciate that. But what it pointed out to me was just like the need of representation. So that's where I started Chicano culture as B. And, what year did you start? Um, I started Chicano culture as B about eight years ago um you know i'm the same age as dante oh ruben so it's fine um, (laughs) (laughs) everyone does it and uh during like when facebook was popping off and uh, i used to run this page called being chicano and i was like the actually the only chicano dude like running that page oh really yeah the other dudes were you know latino but they were like puerto rican and they were from the east coast so they were more like recycling content memes and- uh, yeah exactly and like there wasn't this they didn't have this understanding of chicanismo mm. um so uh you know and i love boricuas and i love to the puerto ricans out there much love but you know we're distinct and i also have we also have chicano boricuas out here mm. too okay you know that's the culture fusion right there yeah. but but the point is started chicano culture as b after doing that page because i was like dude like yeah, I I was like getting the increase from like thirty thousand to like over three hundred thousand likes, producing all this content, doing these vlogs and graphics and like engagements. But I was like, it wasn't mine. Right, that, that's you didn't it. own it. Yeah. I didn't you own had, it. You had no, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't own it. And and like I learned a lot from that page and like from the whole being Latino network, like because. Um, they did like being Dominican, mm. being Puerto Rican, being Chicano, being Hispanic, like all these other brand titles when it comes to cultural uh, identity of a you know website or a page account. So um, I started my own stuff and slowly but slowly just did my research. No one pays me. No one paid me. Like... For the love. I, for the love. For the love. For the yeah. love. I was just posting stories, posting videos, writing it. Um, but even like being, you know, being Chicano, being Latino, being Hispanic, how do those pages make money? Do they? 
It's how's a meme page make money? Well, from my understanding, it's all about like the right people to know mm. and how like I don't know. Well, I I don't really I can't really talk about this because it wasn't my business. Right, right. And but from my understanding, it's like you have this audience, you have this influence. Uh, you want to target this group of people, the Hispanic market. Uh, if you have a product or a service, like for example, uh, you want to promote your nonprofit diabetes uh, organization to help uh, the Hispanic community, the Spanish-speaking community to, of your of your program. Well, that's where direct marketing, target marketing, and like that is like. Well, let me. They become like an influencer and you can kind of pay them because they've already amassed this like group of users who are very specific. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I get that. Okay. I see. Some more partnership deals and that's when my, oh, you guys got 25,000 Facebook likes. Okay. Yeah. We'll pay you X amount to post this. And okay. Yeah. And then like run it so many times a week. Right. Campaign. There's all these technicalities. Right. Uh, but again, for everyone out there, I don't make any money off this work. Yes. It's literally the only thing I get out of this is I'm the guy who runs it. And like these comments, these words of appreciation is what like gets me through and like keeps me golden. Yeah. Uh, true labor of love. Yeah, yeah, labor of love. Yeah, that's that's how, that's how uh, I kind of see you know this place as well. Right. You know, it's not making anybody rich, but it's it's been you know it's all from the heart, man. Right? It's all yeah. this, it's a you know what it's not it's not a, it can't all be about money. You know, it's right. just about you know. So that's what that's the thing when it comes to this thing called la cultura it's not just this thing but it's like this idea of la cultura and mexico they have it like i have shout out to my homie afonso from mexico city uh who does chicano sin fronteras um when it comes to the arts like for the people out there like our country united states operates the arts very differently as compared to other country like how france and mexico latin america there's there's this more um structure and support to be an artist to think outside the box to be a poet and out here it's like you're a starving artist or you just happen to be born in this financially stable family you know i don't want to give shout out to, <laughs> to well, i don't want to shout give, out to the nepotism I, babies yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> yeah you know no, no but there, there's a lot of yeah not all art is created equally and some people get extra help where they don't have to have a job or they don't have to do this because they have some financial backing from parents and it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. 100%. Yeah. So, um, but so that's where La Cultura, where like you do it for the love. You don't do it for the money. You do it for the love and it produces this, this presence, this, this occupation of space. Um, of, and that's one thing about being Chicano too, of this, 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 flavor of cultura for over here uh when if you compare mexico to over here is that it's almost not a it's a it's a a message of self-determination of cultural resistance of cultural existence um that we have this distinct flavor where a fusion of american mexican all these other factors um so 
yeah my only advice for people out there is like do it for the love do it for like your art and try to do it smart you know take care of yourself get grants go to schools do these programs but uh if you do it for the money I don't know. You just could be disappointed when it doesn't show up. Yeah. (laughs) You're just going to be really upset and consider yourself a failure when you're not rich. And it's like, no one's making, no one's getting rich off this. Yeah. I don't know. When I write these articles, like, like being paid like 50 cents a word and like, there's no money. I'm just, this happened to be that guy who wrote that article. Right. And uh, there's no money in writing. I just write because it's that cultura existence I are you just to, writing know. for chicana culture sb or are you writing for other people right now uh i've written for the independent which I, is a for anyone who doesn't know it's a weekly free um magazine a paper in paper the, i don't know if you the want to call it a magazine. indie paper yeah yeah, yeah. L, it's like la weekly sf weekly it's like that okay sorry go on so i you know shout out to them much love um great writers and you know um what they're doing for santa barbara being inclusive all those different facets of uh, what santa barbara is so yeah i um shout out to them and i've uh, i did a piece for um santa i did a spread for santa barbara magazine last year um and uh, it was a big deal because to me that was like a milestone in my work um you know shout out to freddie shout out to uh, all the folks at Santa Barbara Magazine, uh, who I worked with, and uh, it was really cool because I literally gave them this like this cultural experience of what the East Side is about. My spread was about like about about the East Side of Santa Barbara, and I talk about Ortega Park as the heart of the community. I talk about the cyclists, the freaking the lowrider clubs, uh, nightlife. Um, uh the the cultura i i did this spread for them and and also you know as i'm also an artist i create collages and i did this collage uh called chicana cultura and as someone who grew up who was raised by strong women and a lot of a lot i know is from chicana badass women who held me a panel who have checked me who cared for me who have heard for me um you know who's dropped knowledge on me like bombs and this knowledge bombs on me like to me that was just like i'm gonna create this collage and dedicate dedicate this to you ladies and uh that's how i got my exposure or they're like they saw that they saw mm. my writing and they're like yo you just would you do, would you be want... interested in doing something a little yeah. bigger for us oh that's and, great. and then i made a few phone calls a lot of coordination yeah you made it happen yeah coordinated over like Three million dollars of fancy cars, <laughs> art on wheels. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had so there was a car show. Uh, yeah, it was like a photo shoot, like a car photo oh, shoot. Cool. So we uh, did this photo shoot in front of uh, uh, Ortega Park. Is right next to Santa Barbara Junior High, near near Santa Barbara High School, near the Boys and Girls Club. It's a very central location, and they had right like just like 20 yards down there's this big wall that is currently whitewashed it's called Cinco de Mayo um yeah just called Cinco de Mayo and I like to call it the Cinco de Mayo mural of 1975 and um the year that you were born oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like I said it's whitewash you could actually visit there right now 
and you could still see the remnants. You could see the plaque that says, this is dedicated to the Chicano community of Santa mm. Barbara. Quarantina Street? Yeah, mm -hmm. on this oh, on the corner right there. And next to the, um, the church, the baseball field. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> wow, yeah, yes. memories. <laughs> so that, that plaque, so it, that's evident of our cultura. So um, we did a photo shoot there cool. and yeah, it's really feed them yeah. and check it out. The spreads right there online. That's <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. No, no go, go. it's funny because I just bring my memories of, you know, how in high school we were uh, uh, rehabilitating that mural, mm. touching it up, and now it's, you know, whitewashed. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a beautiful mural. I, mean, I actually have photos of oh, that. There you go. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make a post about this soon, but. Um, yeah, we should. I don't know. That'd be nice to we'll get that refunded or something. Yeah, know, something like that yeah. happened there. You know? I'm going. There are somewhere Ortega Park. You know, yeah. <laughs> something. Things are. I heard things are going to change soon at Ortega Park. There's yeah. What? What? Are we talking about that? Uh, we could talk about that. It's very <laughs> local, but like, okay. Uh, but I'm down. Like, okay, Ortega Park. I don't really want to get into it. Get into it. But get into it, man. It's just. It needs improvement. Okay. It it is for the community, of course. You know the the social blight. You know I'm not dismissing that when it comes to, you know, houseless folks, people doing drug use. You know, it's for the kids. There's beer bottles. Yeah. You know I'm not dismissing that, and um, but I'm not gonna dismiss um, how like the, the city went about it of like taking out the benches. Mm um not providing certain services of like the trash cans um mm -hmm. you know having the the pool hours not accessible for the actual community you know, i'm not going to get in, into that very much because um it's a little bit more complicated it's than a that. deep subject yeah it's yeah, a deep, it's subject, deep and complicated and subject folks yeah. are everyone's trying their best uh but my biggest thing is just hey and i put this in my in my writing um you know Ortega Park is a heart. It's a historical park, and uh, there should be some kind of uh, acknowledgement, some kind of uh, acknowledgement of like, hey, this park needs to be respected for its historical, cultural significance. And uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mm. It's been a long battle, and there's progress being made. Uh, check out Ortega Park SB on Instagram. Follow them. Um, I support them and everyone involved with cool. Youth Brigade. But uh, yeah, there is this mural, this whitewashed mural right next to Ortega Park. And I'm going to work for that. Cool. <laughs> I think that's a lot more accessible. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's so silly. Like the way that the Santa Barbara government has like worked on its houseless problem is like, we'll just remove the ability for them to sit down. Like there's nowhere to sit down on C Street anymore because they're like, okay, oh, they're all they're taking up every bench, guys. Let's just remove the benches. It's like that. It was just so backwards. Like it makes no sense to me. Yeah, and that's where me and my work. Um, that's why I identify more as like a historian because in my years of activism, mm. a lot of people are like, "What are you fighting for? Why do you?" passionate so why are you so passionate about this and i'm like well this is my community and you guys are trying to like 
whitewash it you're trying to displace us you think we're just you think our community is just blight uh you have this misunderstanding and a lot of times it's just like ignorance right and uh yeah majority of it is ignorance and um you know demonizing the youth and etc so that's where hey I need to be like a historian. I need to educate people mm. and let them know that like, hey, this is our culture. Yeah, being, you, being a resource. Yeah, being yeah. a resource. When we're three-dimensional, you know, where there's, there isn't this monolithic, you know, profile of what it means to be Chicana or Chicana, but uh, yeah, education. Yeah, and being a multimedia resource where you can talk about the culture, but let me show you it. Yeah. Let me show you the videos. Let me show you the pictures, like, especially whatever we can find because it's so hard you know we didn't uh, there's very few child photos of me because we just didn't have a camera like there's no videos of me as a kid there's it's just that's stuff i don't know and this was only the early 90s i was born 1990 like and we don't have that stuff i can yeah. only imagine how inaccessible cameras and video equipment was through the 70s and 80s and yeah yeah and that's the thing that's the thing when it comes to the the idea of santa barbara is that santa barbara is a beautiful place it's world renowned and there's just, but at the same time, there's just all these different groups of people here that were coexisting. And for me, like, I just want there to be justice when it comes to like proper inclusivity. And, um, and it sucks that there's not that much documentation on us. Yeah. And when, and the stuff that I do find, it's like gems or yeah. super feed man. Totally. And you can go to the, the San Barbara, you know, museum, the, what's the one that's on, uh, Delaguerra and it's got a bunch of history on San Barbara from yeah. like that, from that perspective through that lens. Yeah. But then we're not really represented in that museum that much either. So, so that's just to break it down. That's like one of my presentations I call it is uh Santa Barbara history from a Chicano perspective. Right. And I'm glad that you use this terminology, Ruben, because there's just so many ways to tell a story. Right. Telling a story in music, telling a story in poetry, telling a story in your government, you know, document, you know, welcoming people on your website, you know, whatever. Um, so I tell my work from a Chicano perspective where um, – I guess what I'm trying to say is just it's we're not really getting shown so you feel like you need to do that and other people lots of people yeah them. but like I'm not the only one not the only one you're not yeah, the only yeah. one but we you are here talking to us on this show so we will refer <laughs> yeah. to you as that in that way but like um yeah no there's just we are left out of that conversation a lot yeah and uh it's funny I was doing my friend's podcast and uh they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, so what's Santa Barbara like? Are, are there any Mexicans there? I was like, dude, there's so many Mexicans there. We're half the population. <laughs> <laughs> We're the majority. I was like, dude, I was looking at like a, my fourth grade photo at Adams Elementary and like I was showing my girlfriend. I was like, oh, there's me. She's like, there's only other one white kid in the class. I was like, yeah, I know that. But I, 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 like, when I was a kid, I didn't really notice. Yeah, there was one white kid in our class. Like, and it was like that. And then, you know, you go to La Cumbra, which is also was heavily Mexican. And same thing. I just didn't think of it. Like, oh, yeah, we go to the the Mexican schools and La Colina's the white school. Like, you know. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, they eat tortillas. That is a little weird, too. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, ah, they, it. It's like they eat tortillas, I eat tortillas. We're the same people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's Santa Barbara. Um, 
Are you, how you doing on time? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm You're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're glad we can have I, you, man. I, I, I didn't know you were gonna sit down, but I'm I'm stoked that you're here. To oh, talk no, about no, the no, Pueblo, like, talk about. I'm telling you, the, a few other memories. Just oh, I, you know, so I remember a few other bands that played here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so many, El Haru Kuroi. Okay. Oh, another uh, alley band. They're really good. El Haru Kuroi. Catch them. They're still performing. Uh, the Altons. Mm, um, yeah. The Altons. Uh, Shout to the Altons here. Uh, uh, Selena Moss, you do it's a Selena, Selena cover band. Oh, they did a show here, really great. That was a really good show. Mm. Um, Cherry Wine, mm. uh, that's a uh, Amy Winehouse uh, cover band. You know, those are I love that. Those are really fun to host. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, amazing. But uh, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I just wanted to share a quote. You know, that I just came to mind. Time, yeah. Man. You know, I, I think it was Chuck D. You know, he when he was asked. Uh, uh, how he felt about you know Eminem you know and hip hop you know and you know it was totally unexpected. Chuck said, you know culture you know culture is culture it's meant to be shared you know so you know he didn't True. have any beef but you know True. M you know being a hip hop star you mm-hmm. know especially because had- he and he seems to be a person that you know respects and acknowledges that you know it's a mm-hmm. you know the foundations of hip hop are are you know. It's a black music, right? But yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's where, like, when it comes to what it means to what does it mean to be Chicano, Chicana, and all these different abbreviations like Chicana, uh, the classic way with CH and it ends with O or A or spelled with an X and it ends with an X, so you pronounce it as like Chicanex. and then there's like Latinx and Hispanic, and you know, there's all these identities. Yeah, we're all human at the day, but when it comes to this group of people in the world who are in the millions, who have contributed to society and science, the arts, academics, uh, government, etc. And these are the people who identify with this this cultural idea idea of Chicano Chicana. So, yes, there's like two definitions. There's one Chicana Chicana means that it's someone of Mexican heritage born in the United States. Um, And that's like the more general sense. And the second one is a is a more of a mindset of being historical conscious. It's a, that's where it gets more of the self-determination, uh, the roots of like, of the Chicano movement. Uh, but at the same time, Chicano has been used for over a century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and there's all these stories of origin of like, where, where, where was like the first Chicano publication uh, ever used, the earliest documentation. Uh, there's some people who think it's associated to the, the Chichimeca people of like Jalisco. How they were like fighting against like uh, like the the, the mestizo uh, Spaniards um, when it was Nueva España. They were fighting against the Chichimeca people, so they were just generalizing everyone from the north. They're like, "Oh, they're Chicanos down here. We're Mexicanos because we're Mexica." Mm. So there's that story, but uh, but yeah, I'm not gonna really go into it. But it's just this identity, this title identity that we choose. Okay. We choose this. Uh, you could lump some people in it, um, but or like uh, 
like a, use it to describe their art, but um, it's a very inclusive culture. In, mm -hmm. Over here it says we are a living culture and we're evolving, we're fusing, there's all these layers. Um, yeah, well, I see it kind of at a, a, in line with what you were saying, it's like a social, political stance, uh, a mentality, uh, uh, a common definition you see is a, a Mexican, I mean, American of Mexican descent. And, you know, and, uh, I, I, you know, it's something um, that uh, can be broadened out a little more, uh, given that it's a, it's a social political stance, you know, it, it, uh, it uh, recognizes uh, our history here in, in this country, our struggle, and you know our future and again it's a it's a something that you identify with i mean you can't it's you can't just assign it to a mexican-american sitting over there he may not have the same mentality as a chicano so it, it's it's a i've i've uh in college i met puerto ricans that were as chicano as they come you know <laughs> yeah. they were like down as chicanos and you know they knew they knew the history, they knew the struggle, and to this day, they're still out there, you know, putting in work. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I, I always think about this other quote by uh, this musician by the name of uh, uh, Chavela Vargas. You ever heard mm -mm. Chavela Vargas? She's a, a musician. Look her up. Uh, her, uh, she, was, she's, uh, she was born in Costa Rica, but, you know, her fame came when, you know, she, she grew up in Mexico and, you know, mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, when people would ask her, hey, but you were born in Costa Rica, like how are you like you know, getting famous? And her answer to that was, nosotros los mexicanos nacemos donde se nos da la chingada gana. So she she basically said, you know, uh, we Mexicans are born wherever the hell we want. You know? right, right. <laughs> it's just because that, that goes to show, you know, how she identified, you know, with her, you know, new culture mm -hmm. as a Mexican and. And it kind of also, uh, it's cool because it, it kind of erases all of that Central American uh, borders. Because, you know, Mexicans, Central Americans, mm -hmm. we're very similar. Yeah. Uh, uh, Guatemalteco. So you know, we have like a lot in common yeah. aside from language. You know, it's, it's, you know mm -hmm. uh, history. And yeah. And that's where, and that's the thing when it comes to Chicano, it, it's, it's inclusive. It's not dismissing people. You could be a Salvadorian, you could be Guatemalan, you could be Colombian, you could be from Spain, you could be. Puerto Rico, you could be black, African, African uh, from uh, Eastern Europe. If you grew up in a Chicano environment, if you were that token white boy, yeah. if you were the only Miklo? yeah, the only Miklo, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. or the only Asian fool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you grew up in a Chicano environment. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to cultural social conditioning, I always give this, I always point this out, is that there are people who are Mexican American or Americans of Mexican heritage living in Minnesota, Arkansas, Oklahoma, where they are the tokens. They are the minorities uh, in, a, in a real, real sense of minority. Because, you know, even though we're called minority out here, we ain't the minority. That's true. In California. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. It became the dominant yeah. uh, in 2013. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, this person who lives in this 
environment in this setting where it's not Chicano. They don't they they weren't raised, so to say, in La Cultura. They weren't raised, they don't know the experience of what it means to to grow up in the barrio with have having high socks, like t- yeah. like, you know, burritos and like yeah. three hours away from the border. Like that's why yeah, you could be white, Asian, black, and at the same time be Chicano. Right. I mean, I mean, as long as you embrace that culture and like you pay respects and you're just you're just immersed into it and you know, you know, you've chosen it. It's like a chosen thing. And yeah, most importantly, you know, just acknowledge the struggle right. and you know, privilege that you may have. Chicano privilege. Yeah. You know, uh, you know if uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it's, 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 a, it's a privilege to be. Well, well, that's one thing. When it comes to, I'm glad that we're going. We're transitioning to this spot, uh, to this area, because there's this term I call cultural licensing, hmm. and um, some people had grew up very hard school of hard knocks. Some other people happen to live in a very privileged life because their parents and their grandparents fought really hard for to give them a better life. You know. Um, but just when I'm where I'm going with this cultural licensing is like, yeah, if it's your culture, make your content, monetize. I guess like I'm trying to monetize my work, but I don't. There's just this weird work, this weird mm-hmm. wall where it's like I don't want to make money off this. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like, what gives you the right to tell these stories? What gives you the right to use this imagery? Um, did you actually grow up with that abuelita uh, mm-hmm. experience? Did you actually grow up, um, you know, in a single home family, everyone, one family in one room? Did you actually grow up with uh, in and out of the, the prison industrial complex or your family was affected by it? You know, are you just glorifying uh, violence or are you humanizing our urban reality. culture reality yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. and that's where that's where it's like like that's the paintbrush that's the cultural licensing right so and i don't want to be a gatekeeper where it's like who's chicana or chicana like like i don't want to define that like in some in some ways in certain guidelines it's really freaking obvious like ruben's chicano's fuck when it comes to when i see other artists from other country or how our culture is portrayed or or these like meme accounts are like run by bots mm-hmm. or like people from like they're trying to monetize no, this. yeah you, you same know thing I mean? yeah i'm gonna bit what we were just talking about like building a meme account on instagram so i can eventually use it for leverage it for branding and making money off deals oh my gosh that there, kind of thing yeah dude yeah. there's so many people who is little mr e yeah. Who is he? <laughs> okay, there's just so many people who out there. Shout out to Fools Gone Wild, man. Like, yeah, shout out Fools Gone Wild. Woo! <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the thing that's cringe. And that's why it's really important to support your artists. Support your artisans. Like, like, are you actually, like, or I'll give you an example. I had this homie from Spain, from um, the east part, Barcelona, that mm-hmm. part. Uh, mm-hmm. Give a shout out. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, he gave me the love of like, cause he got injured and I gave him, I, I bought him like this care package of local Chicano merch. And he was like, oh man, like you, you got me like 
authentic Chicano mm. merchandise. And that's why in this day of age of international, like free market internet, like being from Santa Barbara, like we have this like this 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 privilege of being like, yeah, dude, this is original Santa Barbara art. This is original Santa Barbara Chicano art. This is original Chicano music. This is how it looks like in Santa Barbara. It's very distinct from Santana and very distinct from San Francisco. And there's people out there who can see that. And um, so, yeah, I just want to give a shout out in that way. Right. And even like, um, this is a conversation I had with one of the bands we were opening for last year. Like they're, they're also super into disco and, and soul and funk and even then, but they're from the East coast. And he was like, it's crazy. It's like, we'll get paired on a show together because we're both soul and disco, but like your type of soul and disco is very West coast. That sound is very, you guys, we do something very different over there. And it's great. He's like, it's awesome because everyone just lumps disco and R and B as this one thing. But yeah, I am focusing very much on the music that DJ Wicked used to play. Like DJ that, Wicked <laughs> up in the mix. Like I credit that man because you know, and and my dad and my mom for driving around listening to his mixes and yeah. we listen to those shout, songs over and over. Shout out again. to DJ Mambo. Shout out to DJ yes. Little Wicked. Yes. Shout out to all the folks out there in the radio station. Much love. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, I was on their show. I was like, like last year. That's awesome. <laughs> Much love. Hey, I used to listen to a uh, KCSB in junior high, a uh, hip hop show. Um, the DJs were uh, Allen, AC Juice, and uh-huh. RNG. And they were playing hip hop when hip hop was like right. just barely starting. Before you know? NWA? It was before NWA. Oh, it wow. was before Ice T came out with the. Yeah, actually, it was around the time I think Ice T came out with his first album. But they were playing like the New York, early New York stuff. Wow. Like as soon as they came out in the, in the mid 80s. That was, yeah. Yeah, shout out to KCSB, KCSB man. KCSB, yeah, just, been listening since junior high. Yeah, KCSB <laughs> is the, co- for anyone who knows, the college radio station here. It's uh, community radio, which is, I'm finding out more and more unique. You go to other colleges and they're just for college students. And that's what makes KCSB so unique is that community radio, anyone can be a, a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, so it's like, I think like talking about, since we touched on like DJ Wicked and kind of Chicano art, like the other kind of artists that have come out of Santa Barbara, like most recently, like someone like Sad Boy Loco, who people would mm-hmm. would recognize. Um, who else from the top of your head? We were just talking about this off camera, but let's bring it on camera. Yeah, um, I would get, I would say, no, there's a lot of artists when it comes to our hip hop scene um, who are doing it up. Um, you know, much love to all those folks out there, but like the biggest one is Sad Boy Local, yeah. and he uh, he's representing worldwide. He's traveling uh, across the country, internationally. Uh, he's on that world star hip hop <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. He's on that yeah. doing shows for Fools Gone Wild, and he's, uh, he's loud about his being from Santa Barbara, yeah. which is you know, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing his his music is actually it's. Like he keeps a G, but also there's substance. There's substance. Right, right. There's substance in his music where it's like he does it for the cultura, and yeah. he's representing. And I'm really proud that he is from Santa Barbara. And uh, he and I went to the same gym, and we go at the same exact time. <laughs> and and we used to work out next to each other. 
And I always uh, wanted to say something to him, but I didn't know who he was. And then, like, yeah, uh, Oswaldo, he's like, yo, you see Sad Boy Loco? He's from San Barbara. I was like, dude, that's the guy from the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Young Men's Christian Association. Yeah, I was like, he goes there like at two when I go, like, randomly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's the but, community. That's great, man. Yeah, and then, you know, even the history of, of uh, San Barbara, we were talking about Ernie and the Emperors, uh, the first band. Uh, Chicano band from Santa Barbara to be signed. The first band in general to be signed to a major label, uh, becoming the backing band at Earl Warren Showgrounds and backing bands like, you know, the Isley Brothers and whoever came through. If they needed a band, they'd call Ernie yeah. and the Emperors. Um, they're, they have a song called Meet Me in the Corner, and the corner is like right next to San Marcos High, and like they still live in that same house. It's crazy. <laughs> it was It's insane. There, there's only one of them left, and it's the drummer and uh really cool in the 80s maybe 90s there was a band uh uh you said los rasos yeah los rasos Rasos. i haven't heard them another one los barbaros de santa barbara oh really i think they may have been one hit wonders but they were popular yeah during their days uh i'm not sure if this one's local but uh I have i have a hunch that they they are a lalo i think they're Mm. local but i don't remember like what area yeah yeah these are like three bands Mexican music, uh, regional Mexican music from like the late 80s, early 90s that, that got made it pretty big. And I heard that was like the peak time to be a band in Santa Barbara. Like there was a lot of places to play oh, for, just from what I've heard is that the 80s and 90s were a crazy time to be in a band. And yeah, Venues, I, I remember, well, I had an older uncle, who, who, an older cousin who played in a band locally, Los Gentiles and Grupo Magia. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard uh, of that. It them. was the 80s. They play, you know, some place called Sierras on State Street. Mm. It's not there anymore. So it was a venue. Las Conchas on, you know. On, on, Haley. on Haley. Shout out to Las Conchas. Las yeah. Conchas. It, it was, yeah, it was, things were a little bit different back then, I, I remember. Yeah. I think they they may have even played uh, uh, Mission Theater, which is now yeah. the Fiesta Four. The, 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 the Metro Four. Metro Four Theater, yeah. yeah. That's great. I have videos of that theater where they used to do um break dancing competition what's that uh 80s movie uh, uh breaking breaking when breaking popped off yeah. in the country it inspired all the youth and it inspired our own local youth and yeah. we had local youth dance and compete and i have videos of their competition and it's super freaking cool it's a, it's a time capsule of back in the day dude how do you acquire some of that footage like how does that great footage, yeah let's get into that because I'm, I'm always curious like how do you get that how do, how do i get yeah. this all right remember this is a labor of love so i'm just a geek when it comes to anything santa barbara mm-hmm. chicano related it has to be from carpenteria to galita that's my region yeah. or that's my area of like anything produced i got it or i try to collect it as a, as a when it comes to my memorabilia i have this uh book called corridos y canciones de aslan mm. uh it's the music book i actually i have the record too um i uploaded like half the record online on youtube already oh, really yeah on instagram too uh this was produced at la casa de raza corridos are essentially um polka Ballads, cool. That's yeah. what. The, yeah, that's <laughs> probably the best way to. <laughs> uh, corridos. Uh, then there's other stuff like these books called like Pasos. Um, it talks about the history of Ortega Park, mm. the murals 
Some of the murals are they're not there located there anymore. Um, this was produced in 1980. Come on. Um, this is I mentioned uh, Profe Manuel Zueta. I was one of his students, and this is the exact textbook that I used. And he actually he written and put uh, published it himself. Uh, you know, as approved in an academic setting. But um, yeah, all this is him and. So I like to collect stuff like that. Um, here's a book called Aliso School for Carpas, aka Carpinteria, when uh, back in the day when they had segregated schools. Uh, and here's one here called uh, Chicanos in a Changing Society. And this one is like my my Bible, mm. so to say, uh, when it comes to my work. And focuses a lot on Santa Barbara. It's like majority Santa Barbara. It, it focuses on other different barrio uh, towns of Santa California, but this one, you know, focuses on how Santa Barbara went from from 1848 to 1930, and it really it's well uh, detailed, sourced, and um, it was produced back in the 1970s. And to to me, this is how I got my start. I was really? just like, whoa! I could just like read this and like push like publish photos and like get a little experts and like I could sh like share a photo when there used to be a baseball team an all Mexican right. baseball team in the 1920s in Santa Barbara. So how'd you find that book? Uh, when I went to college. Oh um, really? It was one of the books they, in, yeah. the, in the class. Yeah. And that's the thing about being Chicano. You could get a PhD in Chicano studies. Um, you yeah that's where i got it and there's another thing about growing up in santa barbara like i know a lot of families i know a lot of people and a lot of times when i all the time when i share these photos it's an intimate thing where i have their permission i have to I get their blessings you know when someone's loved one passed away a lot some a lot of times you know, depending on their stance and how the person died, they they want privacy. They don't want no one to post their photos mm -hmm. of their of their you know their dad. You know, despite uh, him being a legend, you know, that's a type of like technicalities that I, I have to navigate. Get these people's blessings. Um, yeah, you know, consent. Yeah, their consent. Yeah. And, and it's and yes, it's consent, but it's it, it is really blessings. It's like, how are you going to use this photo? Are you making yeah. money off my my grandpa mm -hmm. you know i was like no dude i'm doing this for the culture like no one pays me right just to remember yeah okay so you learned you got that one from school and then these other books yeah just kind of found them around online research and what about the videos and all that you is that also reaching out to people being like hey yeah there's really that? there's a lot of cool people who um you know, we're in these dancing competitions, like the the dancing uh, competition from the eighties. You know, he was fortunate enough to his family save the tape. Mm. He actually took the time to digitize it and upload it. So it's all these rare gems of like, man, this person took the time. Yeah. So that's why when it comes to content creation and content mining and content you know sharing and so on like you gotta ask for permission too you better at least give 
source like oh this this image was originally from so-and-so account or so-and-so website um tag them and so on mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh so that i think that's where a lot of my work comes from it's just like asking individual people again i grew up with these people i grew up in the community in the barrio like i was raised by the community so like i know these families They're like oh yeah you're michael you know you're my my daughter told me about you and showed me his full photo of me and my my wife and i just want to say thank you and you know it's those type of things so i just want to make people feel proud and be proud of santa barbara yeah, so people are kind of reaching out to you now. Yeah, because yeah. then people know you're the person. Like, oh, I yeah. got this. I got this video. You know, you might be interested in seeing something. Yeah, like it's oh, okay, it's cool. it's really cool to get. Yeah, yeah. Community to be members. at that point now where people are coming to you. Yeah, it is pretty cool to have community members. But hey, man, I thought I, I found this video. I thought you would find it interesting. Thanks. Yeah, it's like yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I do. I actually need that kind of. <laughs> send yeah. me more. Do you have more? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Well, I, yeah, I love the work that you've been doing and both of, that both of you have been doing. And it's just so important to kind of like keep the community, like keep highlighting the community outside of Santa Barbara. And hopefully we get some more eyes and anyone who's traveling to Santa Barbara to come to Del Pueblo or anyone to go to your Instagram if they're just curious. Because there's a lot of people who do. They come to Santa Barbara like, oh, my God, I love it here. And it's like, well, if you love it so much, here's here's more. Here's like, yeah. wow, this is how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the thing about the city was built. Yeah, and like we made this city. Yeah, right, right. We made this city <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. We built this city on Chicanos <laughs> uh, with Rasa, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, knowledge are two match brothers. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that doesn't yes. nothing. Glad he brought that up. The most probably. Uh huh. This is Chumash land. Uh, they are still here. They're my friends, and I think that's one part. In my work, you know, I'm not Chumash, uh, but I make it known to my fellow native brothers and sisters and people out there that like, hey, be proud of your indigenous roots, be proud of your ancestors, but don't forget, yeah. this is Chumash land. Yeah. So, so, yeah, absolutely. And when you walk around, I think there are a few great examples uh, that Santa Barbara has done to like remember it's like these street names are named for a reason mm. um, Anapamu there's like that's there's like that little sign giving the education of mm. uh, the name Anapamu what it means and you know with the with the crazy flooding that happened uh, a few weeks ago it was like oh yeah this is a like I, mean, I don't want to okay I live in that area and we weren't flooded because we are on that hill and Anapamu that hill of Anapamu was like, yeah, it was important to the Chumash people. Mm -hmm. There's a whole history behind just that street, that yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, Hoot Street, the street Hootash, where we, yeah. we used to have the street called Indio Muerto, which translated to Dead Indian uh, through community support and organizing and the Chumash folks, uh, the Barbariano tribe, uh, you know, spearheading it. Uh, they got it renamed. Uh, and they renamed it from Indio Muerto to Hutash, which is of the local Chumash language, and it means Mother Earth, mm. Anapamu, uh, which is like the holy mountain. Um, there's Siotun. Siotun is one of the villages here. Um, there is Kalkike. Uh, Kalkike. He used to be, he was a, a chief, a Chumash chief. And there's... I believe a few more Chumash uh, street names, 
but uh, don't confuse Modoc as Chumash because the Modoc uh, Indians, Modoc natives, mm. uh, indigenous people are more Northern California. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, that's a cool thing about Santa Barbara. Yeah. There's more than just State Street or just downtown. Right, right. We got the east side. We got the historic east side. We got the historic west side. Yeah. These distinct neighborhoods. Uh, each street has a historical significance. Uh, each neighborhood has different trees, different species of trees. And um, there's more. Santa Barbara is just more than State Street. I think I think that was probably one of the greatest things that was, you know, in, in my recent history, getting that name changed. Because that's the kind of thing you like protest about or, you know, the activism about. And then you just, you never see it happen. And it actually yeah. happened. You were part of the generation where they renamed Sassi Puedes. Half, mm. We have this street in Santa Barbara called Sassi Puedes, which translates get out if you can. And in the 90s, I actually have the newspaper clipping, uh, late 90s or early 2000s. I need to check my source again. Uh, they renamed half of Sassipuela Street to Cesar Chavez Street, mm -hmm. Calle Cesar Chavez Street, from La Casa de la Raza to all the way to the beach. So the street, I always say this when it, with bragging, there's the, 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 the street named Cesar Chavez Street is, is found all over the country. Mm -hmm. It's literally found all over the country, from Chicago, uh, Texas, Colorado, etc. to pay respect. And even their streets called Dolores Huerta too. But the point is, they renamed it to Cesar Chavez Street because Cesar Chavez, who is uh, known for the United Farm Workers Movement, uh, UFW with Dolores Huerta, uh, he was involved. We were involved. Our community was involved. Again, that's where when it comes to the Chicano movement, the farm workers movement, uh, the anti-Vietnam movement, we were all in that. Chicano Moratorium in the East mm -hmm. LA, when you see all those uh, you know, youth marching down with mm -hmm. with berets, uh, and then and then later getting tear gassed, uh, where Ruben Salazar, the journalist of LA Times, got murdered. Uh, we were there. Mm -hmm. We were there. We had a, a youth brigade because we had our own brown berets. We were there, and I have I have a post of this. There's footage. Every time you see a youth brown beret, they're from Santa Barbara. They're from San, Santa yeah. Barbara. The ones with the black brace, they're from uh, the east. They're from like a different part of Los Angeles, mm. but it's a fact. Wow, that's yeah. us. That's wild, man. Um, speaking of Cesar Chavez and realizing like the kind of differences, like like they talked about that Lacumbra. They had like a whole day. That didn't happen everywhere, and I didn't realize that didn't happen everywhere, even in Santa Barbara. Like La Colina didn't have a. They didn't celebrate the day. And it was just different for them. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I also am very proud. And I was like, oh, good. I went to the, the school that promoted that. Were you part of that when they renamed it? I, I was around. I was around. Uh, and I know it was uh, uh, heavily organized there by the gente at La, La Casa de la Raza. Mm. Thank you guys. Yeah, of course. Wow. So, yeah, that's a, that's a thing, you know, inside of our, our Santa Barbara culture, our community, um, all of these defining characteristics there's clear markers of we're here we're vibrant um we're distinct we have our beautiful murals our, our historical buildings our distinct neighborhoods um 
that's Santa Barbara, and uh, I guess we're all examples of that. Absolutely, <laughs> La I love cultura. it. Nice. Well, we're getting pretty close to when the dance crew's coming. Oh, God, about like let's, take a, let's take a pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, or we could just, you know, yeah. I got pissed. Oh, you got pissed? Oh, okay, then we'll take a, we'll take yeah, a pause. I'm going to take a, I need to drink you all. Okay, so I mean you're good. welcome to you know take some shots of the place. Yeah, I might, I might, I might do that. I have, um, I do have another idea. Like, uh, my buddy's a great cinematographer, and I would love to just do a profile. He's we've been talking about doing it with for a few different restaurants, but I have to hit you up. Right, maybe yeah, we could yeah. do like a profile and maybe sure. talk more history and get like you know nicer cameras and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, every every piece in here has a. A history yeah it's it's a lot lot going on in that's here, awesome for sure. yeah it'd be great to do something like that just to kind of promote it and have some great content yeah yeah absolutely that's yeah. awesome yeah. oh anything here that stands out to you in particular maybe i can tell you give oh, a few words about um i don't know I, I like all of it's just so striking <laughs> and i think um i really like that one the uh joyeria yeah was that a place in saber uh no that that it, yeah, it might have been yeah uh, it's actually by a uh, 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 lady by the name Bonnie Beatles okay uh, she you know worked in the for the county education office for many years and uh, yeah uh, it's uh, you know it's a joyeria which means jewelry store and, uh -huh. and right behind it they have funeraria funeraria uh -huh. which, which means you know funeral. Funerary. Funeral. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like a, you know, you got the two words, joy and fun. Oh, kinda that's hilarious. In there. Huh? Yeah, go for it. And then, you know, the, the two little sculptures in front, well, those are imported from Mexico. They oh, really? Those are, you know, the other commercials themed. Oh, I love uh, it. And then the two duckies, they're by an artist out of Oxnard. Yeah, she kind of... That's amazing. You know, I, her, she signed them on the bottom. I don't remember her name just yeah. off the top of my head, but that, a lot of the art, that's the history of a lot of the artwork here. It gets dropped off and, you know, it's... <laughs> it's here we give it a home i love it man uh do you guys have any events coming up or do you guys normally do like a deal de los muertos event like what, uh, what kind of stuff do you, you know do the, that uh, way? for the most part we we just uh lately we've been uh really uh well we've been helpful at the uh at the de los muertos event at uh ortega park okay that's kind of where most oh, of our shizzle. our uh energy comes up yeah but it's a it's a you know, it was interesting to see like uh, the act, the the uh, phenomenon of of the other muertos right. go from you know Oaxaca to uh, all just Mexico, southern Mexico to uh, to uh, to Boyle Heights where South Park graphics, uh, uh -huh. you know, kind of it was kind of like the springboard for the other muertos throughout the uh, southwest region. Now it's a national thing. Yeah, you know, and it's nice to see people you know acknowledging or just remembering their 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 ancestors or you know family members that passed on totally uh, using customs that that you know, people have been uh that were influenced by the other muertos in oaxaca you know michoacan right the southern part of mexico and like i said culture is meant to be shared yeah except, except not for those beer companies <laughs> Get your Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, come on, man. Yeah. That's the commercialization yeah. of, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. Where do we put, um, 
the movie Coco. <laughs> Where do we put that? Where does that go? Because they did such a great job at it, but it, it still did. is Disney. It is. It Disney, still is. You know? And they 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 had you know good consultants, right? right? Uh, and, uh, and the Lalo. song and the songwriters were Mexican. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Lalo Alcaraz. He he's very knowledgeable and right. he he's very involved in in the uh, producing of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did actually had one of our local professors, UCSB, mm. uh, University of Santa Barbara, which is like six miles away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one of our local professors there uh, consult for mm. uh, Wakanda Forever. Mm. So that's another example of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had a, my first impression of the movie was kind of weird. I was like, wow, there's so much. Uh, um, uh, black and brown people pitted, pitted against each other mm-hmm. but they're actually not brown they're blue so it's like <laughs> black and blue people <laughs> <laughs> i made a joke of it only because it's, you know I, I, it's a deep, it's a comic you right, know it's right, one right. of those movies so you had to step back and you know okay this is not for real you know you gotta yeah i mean there is a lot of you know violence between them but uh right it's, it's uh <laughs> It's Hollywood. I, yeah, it's done. Hollywood. And it's Hollywood, done. yeah. Yeah, and I'm, that's where the commercialization of like, like, yeah, where do, how, how do we respond to movies like to Coco, yeah. to Book of the, of uh, Book of Life, to, mm-hmm. to shows to like, Encanto, El Canto, uh, the shows like, uh, gentrification, like gentrif- yeah. gentrification of East LA by Chicanos, right, right. or more of the Latino degree of, of uh, Mexican Americans, um, and like cultural relevant, pro like productions, you know, from behind the camera and in, and in front of the camera. So I'll just say this: I think it's a huge, huge progress. I was super proud to see uh, Mesoamerican. You know, of course, it's more predominantly Mayan um, futurism. On the big screen, I think that's a huge, huge accomplishment when it comes to native culture, cultura. Um, there was never like that before. Like I saw Tenok as a freaking action figure. You know how cool that was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like. Yeah, great actor. Yeah, catches the earlier film too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Guelos and the other ones. Narcos, mm-hmm. yeah, he's in Narcos, but um, so I guess I'll just say it, it, things have gone a lot better. Yeah, better content, more inclusivity done, uh, done right. But uh, especially compared to like the uh, '90s Disney movies, where it was like Aladdin, and now Aladdin is like mixing a bunch of um, you know north african mixing it's like all it's like mixing all these cultures like it's like saudi arabia it's like what this is like we at least got something that was a little bit more thoughtful than aladdin which ultimately pushed stereotypes even further yeah which is just so fucked up like and and that's one thing too like we also have to be um like thoughtful of that where it's like i always tell my friends i'm like I, I just like to use Mesoamerican because that's, that happens to us too yeah. when it comes to our culture where like there's this idea of like, oh, all you guys are like Aztec, right? They're like, no, there's like Aztec, Mayans, right, there's right. Hindi from Oaxaca and like Zapotecs, uh, Mixtecos and et cetera. So like when it comes to productions, 
of course, you have got to do like a hodgepodge of like making it work of a region. Uh, but in other times, like, got to keep it very local, very distinct. Right. If they're able, if you, if if you're able to dis- make a cultural distinction between Scottish, Wales, yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, Ireland. Irish, yeah. Hey, shout out to the Irish. Um, like shout out to Canela. <laughs> shout out to Canela. <laughs> He's one of ours, but yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's the bridge. It's a mix. That's the mix. It's yep. the fusion. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, it's just the consideration, the intention, and the awareness. Right, dude. Totally. Like we're diverse. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can we can start wrapping this up, man. Is there anything else you guys want to promote? Anything else you guys want to say? Um, anything we didn't touch yeah. on? Uh, well, I just want to say thank you, Ruben, yeah. Yeah. for uh, doing this uh, podcast, uh, taking the time to interview me and Enrique. Um, I'm looking forward to the episode and yeah. uh, for your future music too. Keep yeah, the man. working yeah. on it, man. Keep, working on it. Keep the cultura produce. Keep the uh, cultura going. Yeah, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, I just let you guys talk. I think it's fun. I think people. There's a lot of value here. There's a lot of knowledge here, and uh, a lot of love here. I, I love this place, and I, I love both of you. And this is great. It's it's really great to. Yeah. Make oh, this happen. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs>